setting. He serves out wide. It's a miss in and it's done. The biggest title of his career. Fabio Fanini is smiling from ear to ear. He becomes the first Italian to win a Masters title since the series began. And he rises to a career high number 12. And he's done it in straight sets. No form to speak of coming into this tournament. Fabio Fanini is a Masters champion. He's the Rolex Monte Carlo Masters winner for 2019. And he's done it in an hour and 38 minutes at straight sets, 6-3, 6-4. Who would have thought when Italy's Fabio Fanini claimed his maiden Masters 1000 title back in 2019 that he would still be the Monte Carlo champion two years on. But just as his victory was unexpected, so too has been the tennis landscape for much of the past year. But the players are now back in Monte Carlo and looking forward to the usual two months of European clay court action out on the dirt. I'm Seb Lozier and over the next 40 minutes or so we'll hear from some of the players involved and some of their coaches too, the biggest names in the business of clay. We start, in fact, with the man of the moment and the most recent new Masters 1000 champion. We'll also hear from the teenager who ran him very, very close in the final, Yannick Sinner, coming up shortly. But first, Paul King has been speaking with the Miami Open champion of just over a week ago, Hubert Hurkacz. And he started by asking him how those magical 10 days started to take shape. Well, I think I was like taking it step by step because like every single match was like was super tough and like every opponent was it was great that I played against. So I was just like <laughs> trying to to prepare for the next round. I know you haven't been back, but have you got any idea what the reaction's been like back in Poland? Yeah, I mean, like I got so many messages, like and and so many congratulations, like and so I think it was it was it was pretty big in Poland. I mean, it was an incredible week for you and, of course, for, for your good friend Yannick, who you played in the final. How great was it to, to play him for both of you in a first Masters 1000 final? And how proud can he be as well of his own achievement? Yeah, I mean, like to play with Yannick in the, such a big final was, was a pleasure. I mean, hopefully in the, in the future we'll play many, of, uh, many more finals of the big events. Uh, I mean, like he's, like, he's a special player, like player by being so young and uh, at Achieving what what he does, winning so many like tight close matches against like uh, uh, really great opponents. So like, so he has something special in him. So like, I think he's he's gonna be amazing in the future. And it's not just something you're saying. You guys are legitimately really good <laughs> friends, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good friends. I mean, like he's great to great to chat with, great to 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 hit with, practice with. Um, you defeated uh, Tsitsipas and Rublev uh, before the final, but even before that you had sort of tough challenges, didn't you, against Raonic and Shapovalov? I mean, how did you maintain the sort of mental toughness to, to, to defeat four top 20 players in a row, I think it was? Yeah, I was just like looking at my um, next round match because like if I like if I if I look like, oh, like you have to like defeat those players like to get there, then, then it's tough. But like, I mean, obviously, like Dennis beat me the, the, the week before that, so I was like, Trying to get her as ready as I can for that that round, then then to play Milos, who's like serve is a bomb, and then like he just hits the nukes the balls, and it's like you have to like you have to like be a player again there. Um, of course, you've now joined them. You've jumped up 21 places to 16 <laughs> in the world, having made this incredible run. How do you build on it and, and ensure that it isn't just a one-off? Yeah, I mean like. I'll I'll try to do, do the same things, just like get better every single day and try to improve my game. So I think that's that 
that should be and that, that would be my, my, my main focus now to, to just be a, be a better player. Are there any areas of your game that you mentioned that, that, that you have been working on specifically or is it just everything's just clicked together at the same time for you? Yeah, I think like kind of like all the work that we put in basically, I mean, work on surf and then then obviously some, some baseline stuff. So just like everything just like clicked together and also what's working there the, 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 this week. Of course, now we, we've uh, we've finished uh, from the, uh, the the state side uh, matches. We switched to the European clay. How much do you enjoy this time of year, and how do you rate your game on this this surface at the moment? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I played so, so much time as I was uh, I'm from Poland, and and most of the courts are are clay court there. So so throughout the whole season, basically, you you play on clay courts. So so I'm adapt. I just need to adapt to the surface, make some. Uh, minor changes to the, to the game plans, to the how, how you build the points, because it's just obviously a little different than hardcore. So you just, I just need to do, do that and, and try to adapt for it. Um, only had one previous visit to this, this famous old tournament here in Monte Carlo. How much did you enjoy that experience though? How much do you enjoy coming here? And how confident are you of maintaining that Miami momentum? Yeah, I mean, I love Monte Carlo. It's an amazing place here. And, and obviously the club is so, so, so beautiful. So I, I enjoy like playing here, here a lot. So hopefully I'll be able to stay a bit longer. Yannick, well, it was an incredible week for you last week in Miami. I guess frustrating in the end to, to lose to Hubie in the final. But how proud were you with your performances? in general last week yes obviously it has been a very positive week um, many many matches many tough matches uh, the conditions there were were not easy to play um, so you know it was was a great week but obviously you know losing in finals is uh, is tough you know it's always the last step on a on a tournament so uh, yeah um, it's uh, it went like this but you know here is another week so I'm um, getting ready for this here. Looking back, is there anything you, you wish or you feel you could have done different in that match itself? Yes, obviously, you know, um, you know obviously when you play it's uh, it's different and then after you watch yourself and and, we're, and you and you feel like, you know, in that moment maybe you have, you should have done maybe this one or you maybe change a little bit that. So obviously there are many things uh, what I could do better, but uh, you know, um, you are there, you know, with 19, or you win, or you improve, trying to improve and uh, and trying to learn about the mistakes. So uh, and trying to do them better the next time. I know you're really good friends with Hubie, aren't you? How great was it to to play him in the final, and and how big an achievement was it for him? I'm sure your turn will come, but for him to take that first Masters 1000 title was a great achievement. Yeah, it was kind of fun, you know, if you're thinking um, we were playing doubles uh, the week before in Dubai. Um, you know, he's a super great person, you know, he has a, a great coach and team behind behind him, you know, and uh, that's always, you know, good to see, you know, obviously when you play uh, obviously, when you go on court, you want to win against everyone. But you know, it's uh, after the match. Obviously, you 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 still are friends, um, which is uh, more important. Having come so close, though, how much has that inspired you to give yourself uh, similar opportunities going forwards? Well, you know, it's uh, as I said before. You know, you're trying to take your chance uh, in every tournament, trying to play your best tennis that you can, uh, giving 100%, and then 
then we will see what's uh, what's coming. So uh, I'm not pushing myself under pressure about that. Uh, on the other side, I know that uh, uh, that I can that I can play good tennis. You've had some really big wins on clay as well, of course. Now we switch back to this surface. How confident are you of a, another strong run in Monte Carlo this week? Well, we will see. For me, the first year playing here in Monte Carlo, um, I practiced uh, a few years here with with all the players when I was uh, 16, 17. So that was, for me, a real pleasure. Now playing here is uh, is good to see for me. Um, I know that I can play well on this uh, on this surface. Obviously, we uh, we still have to go uh, used to that. You know, different conditions, especially a different surface. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting week. Her catch and Sinner friends on and off the court, and the same can be said for our next guest, Germain Gigounon, who's now David Goffin's coach, but has known the Belgian since they were kids. We know each other since we are like uh, six years old, I think. Uh, we grew up together. We we were in the same room in the Federation, in the tennis center. So a roommate, so that's a good story. Yeah, yeah so when did the uh, the, the sort of uh, teaming up uh, happen? So it was sort of late last year? Yeah, uh, during the preseason last year, uh, David stopped the, his relation with uh, Thomas Johansson. And then he asked me to, to join the team. And for me, it was a really good opportunity to to work with one of my best friends. And, and tell us about your own playing career, because obviously it's not, not so long ago. You, you were a player yourself, weren't you? Yeah, I stopped uh, now three years ago, I think. I started coaching with uh, on the WTA Tour. And uh, yeah, I stopped. Uh, I was 29, I think. I, I tried my best, but I, it was not enough at the end. And I decided to stop and start coaching. How useful is it as somebody who's still, you know, a, a, can can play a bit themselves? We see you out there on the practice courts now, and you're actually able to 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 play with David in in a coaching sense. That must be very useful. Yeah, that it can help sometimes when uh, when we need it during the the practice, and sometimes when we don't have uh, practice, uh, other players to practice. So, but yeah, I, I still like to play, and uh, so we were doing some session together. But many times he's playing with other guys. It's better for to play sets and everything. And how how much does it help the fact that you know each other so well, as you say, childhood friends, and you must sort of know each other's personalities. How how helpful is that in a coaching sense? I think uh, now David is uh, is 30 years old and he knows a lot of things about his tennis and about his career, and he, he wanted something, I think, new. And also with the with the strange year last year with the COVID and everything, uh, I think it's important to travel with. Uh, with people, uh, I mean, we can enjoy a lot outside the court. We are really uh, working hard on court, but also outside, it's uh, we have a lot of fun, and I think it's important for him. Uh, it's not like I'm gonna learn uh, all the tennis. I mean, he knows a lot of things, and so and I, I know him also from a long time, and I can help him because I I, I follow all all the career of David, so I know him really well. And it feels like that's what he needs right now, isn't it? To be playing with, with a smile on his face again. Yeah, yeah. Last year was tough, uh, as I said. Uh, condition and also he, uh, the results were not, not great. And uh, I think he wanted something new to be happy on court and uh, and enjoy the tennis and tournaments uh, even more with uh, all the restrictions this year. So I think it's uh, it, it was, I mean... Uh, 
big part of this choice. Uh, we have to remember, of course, that David himself caught COVID, didn't he, last year? Which is sort of, you know, it takes time to get over something like that, doesn't it? Yeah, at the end of last year, he, it was tough. But during few few weeks, he was not 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 feeling great, but uh, now he's, he's he's fit and he's okay. So 59 tour level wins back in 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 2017. He was up to seven in the world. I mean, do you see him getting back to that level again? It's really tough to. I mean, I don't want to to think about the really the ranking now. But I think yeah, he, when when he's good, he, he can play top ten. So I think he can he can make big results, and it's what we are we are uh, I mean chasing now. Uh, and also for sure, if he can be back, if he can be back to the top ten, that's a that's a big goal, yeah, because he's only fourteen or fifteen, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, up to up to uh, 14 in the world again now, isn't he? And as you say, he's 30 years old. Uh, um, uh, tell us exactly what you're sort of working on. I'm reading a, reading a lot about going back to basics. Explain what that means exactly with David. Back to basics. Yeah, he wants to. During the preseason, we we, we played a lot. We we hit we hit a lot of balls because yeah, he, normally David is. is really solid he likes to run and, and hit a lot of balls and at the end of last year he was not feeling that solid he was he was not confident and i think he has to he has to to be really solid and also take the ball early because it's one of the biggest weapon in his game and it's what we we worked for at the moment uh, explain what you mean by that you know in terms of you know somebody doesn't play professional tennis when you say hitting the ball earlier just explain what you mean by that but it's it's all, it's it's to take time to the opponent because if you wait the ball for i don't know if you play one or two meters behind the baseline the opponent has more time to to to, to stay in the rallies and then have more time to to prepare the point also so and i think david has a really good eye and he can he can play really fast he can take the ball early and so he 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 can take the time to the opponent to, to be ready and and, and yeah and, and be be uh, easy during the, the rallies I think. So you haven't been working together for, for that long, but already there are signs of progress, aren't there? Obviously that terrific uh, uh, title-winning run in Montpellier and defeating someone like Roberto Bautista was a real marker, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, important for him because he the last last title was uh, um, three years ago, I think. So uh, it was important for him to to take another another title, but yeah, this year was a bit up and down. Some 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 a lot of close matches. Uh, he lost with match point in uh, in Australian Open and also in in Doha. So I think uh, yeah, but at least he's fighting hard this this year, and that's the most important thing. That's what we were talking about during the preseason. That the the I mean one of the first thing is to to enjoy on court and. Be ready to fight, and I think on on this on this uh, part of the game is is really good this year. So is it all sort of a, a mental improvement more than specific sort of technique in his game? Yeah, but I think everything is going together. In this, I mean, if you enjoy more on court, you it's easier to fight than when you, when you are not feeling great. So I think, uh, yeah, uh, if you feel more confident, if you are happy to be on court, then then you can you can play for three or four hours. Of course, now we're, we're heading into the European clay court swing, aren't we? So it's a surface we know that, that, that David can thrive on. And of course, these are pretty much home courts for you here, aren't you? I know you practice a lot here in Monaco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loved this tournament. He loved the, the clay, clay court season. So uh, we, are, we are really uh, happy to be here and, and start the, the clay court season. And Goffin came through a potentially tricky first round match against former US Open champion Marin Cilic. While there are new faces winning on tour and some off-court as well, 
When it comes to Monte Carlo, some things never change, and as long as he's fit, there's really only one name at the front of everyone's mind arriving here every year. 11-time champion, Rafael Nadal. Well, happy to be back to the, to the Tour, of course, and especially happy to be back here in this amazing place. No? Uh, it's part of the history of our sport, this tournament, and it's part of my personal history, uh, too. No? So, uh, yeah, very excited to be back. Uh, I'm enjoying the first couple of days here with, I think, some beautiful weather and uh, good conditions to, to play tennis. And, yeah, I'm very excited to, to start. You had a couple of back issues, didn't you, at the start of the year in that run through to the quarterfinals in, in Melbourne. I mean, how bad did it get and how useful has this sort of break been to fully recover? Yeah, it was a tough tough times before the, the, before the Australian Open. I had to find solutions every single day to try to, to, to play the tournament. And finally I did. It was not a, a bad result, quarterfinals, but not, not uh, as good as I would like. You know, I felt uh, very uh, ready for, for Melbourne, but then after the... The, the problem on the back took me. I, I had to for around 20 something days before the tournament started. I had this this problem, so uh, I lost a little bit the the the, the positive feelings. No, then take it uh, take it some time to be back on court. Uh, I had to do some uh, treatment at home uh, that take it a couple of weeks to to be able to to work the right way again. But I am I'm quite happy you now. Uh, for the last month, I am practicing uh, well. Uh, I, I was able to, to work as much as I would like. Uh, and I am playing well now, so I'm happy the way that I am arrived here. Uh, I know you would have loved to have competed in, in Miami, but obviously in the absence of some big names, it was a, a great first Masters 1000 title for Hubie Hercats. I mean, how an impressive a performance was that in what was a great tournament for the youngsters, wasn't it? Well, having a, a very young final now between Janik and Hubert, both great guys, so uh, happy for Hubert. Uh, sorry for Janik that I know him well, So, uh, but... Uh, both of them are very good, and we know we knew that before they played that final here. No, so um, yeah, good for tennis that have different winners. It's quite a few years ago, but how special was your memory of your first Masters 1000 title? Well, it was amazing. It was here, 2005. Uh, yeah, I always loved this tournament. Uh, watching uh, finals, historic finals here in in Monaco, and when as a, when I was able to win Monte Carlo for the first time means everything to me. I mean, it was 11 titles from 15 starts. What is it about this place? Obviously, the surface is, is, your, is your best, but what is it about this place that makes it so special? I don't know. I always felt comfortable here. I always uh, enjoyed the, the atmosphere, the, the club, uh, the place, so uh, the conditions to play tennis. I, I always had a, uh, a love story with this place, no? and uh, hopefully this year can continue and can uh, and I can be ready to compete at the, at the highest level again. And there's another Nadal in town too. Having stepped back from coaching his nephew in 2017 to concentrate on the Rafael Nadal Academy in Mallorca, Uncle Tony is now back on tour. But this time, he's joining the camp of young Canadian Felix Auger Aliassime. Felix, some months ago. Spoke with me, asked me if uh, was it was possible to collaborate with him, and I decided uh, was a good option for me and for the Rafa Nadal Academy, and uh, good 
for me is a good opportunity because uh, I mean with I was lucky all my life I was very lucky with my nephew I uh, I train a, a, a good guy and a good guy with uh, good uh, with good results no? results then uh, I think now I have uh, had the same uh, have the same possibility because uh, Felix is a very uh, a guy with a good education very normal this for me is so important and he's uh, young that uh, has the, the possibility to become a very good tennis player become a very good tennis player then but I am happy that I can uh, work with him it sounds it really does sound that that is as important to you not only his his talent as a player but also his his mentality and, and his his sort of uh, what a good young man he is that seems as important as, as his abilities on the court as but well f- for me always uh, it was the same when I start to to practice with uh, when I start to to be tennis coach in the small country in Manacor always uh, I wanted to help the youngs to improve for me it's not a thing about to have a talent a big talent or no it's a, it's a thing about to improve to have the man- mentality to try to improve every day this is what I, I have done with Rafael all my all the years that I was with him since uh, he was uh, three years old never I thought too much with the opponents I, I thought uh, always with uh, to improve all the abilities in the in the game and this is what I will try to do with with Felix at the end is a thing about uh, to work and uh, is a thing about to have a personal satisfaction of our work then the, the results the, the goals came will come or not I don't know but uh, at least uh, we have to work hard to try to to be a better player every day. So, um, so Felix uh, obviously came to the academy, didn't he, late last year? When he came to the academy last year, was this a possibility that that he may ask you to be the coach, or was this all a surprise after he came no. to the academy? He asked me. Uh, they talked with me if uh, was po- it was possible to work with him. And I said, please come uh, here in the Rafa Nadal Academy some uh, days and then you can see if uh, what I say is, is good for you or not. Because maybe you go in a, in a line and I go in another line. No? And he came there with his team uh, for 10 days and then I were with him these days and uh, at the end uh, he decided to work uh, together and I I have to say I found a wonderful uh, team with uh, correct uh, the the coach Fred is a a very good guy Uh, then Felix a very good guy the the fitness uh, uh, the man the fitness everyone then for me was easy to, to decide to, to work with him and but 
What are Felix's main strengths as a player and what areas do you think he could still have improvement? Everyone can improve. All the, uh, this is what uh, I want to say the first. Everyone has uh, good things and not too bad things, but not too good enough. No? And we have to know. And in my, in my mind, Always I said the same. Uh, to improve is always necessary and to improve is always possible. When you work, when you make something and you love what uh, you are doing, the normal thing is to improve. For me it's unbelievable to make the same today than uh, tomorrow or yesterday the same than today. No, the normal thing is to improve a little. Now, uh, about uh, Felix, I think he can improve a lot in his uh, performance in uh, in uh, play courts because it's normal, he's uh, is more uh, on hard court. Uh, he plays better with uh, his serve. And uh, what uh, can improve? <laughs> I think we have to improve everything at the end uh, a little uh, the forehand a little the backhand a little the how to go to 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 the net and uh, the the shots in, in the net i think we have to improve but for me it's not uh, it's not only this is to improve the game in general is uh, to improve what uh, uh, I need to to do now or, or in this point or in this moment. And then uh, I know at the end the difference is the mentality. When You have to be very strong. Today is difficult. We are in a difficult moment in tennis uh, for the youngs because there are many good youngs. Uh, I don't know, maybe there are 10, 12, very good. Then Felix has to be one of these uh, guys. And then when I play there, when I am one of these, I, wa- uh, I have to, to see if I, uh, I, am, I am good enough for to win something special. But... Uh, I think all the life uh, is what I, I did with Rafael, all the life, every year we have to improve something. When we arrive in the ATP Tour, Rafael has a lot of power, he runs a lot, he has a very good forehand, not too good or very bad uh, serve. The backhand was good, normal, but every year he understands a little better the game, every year the the backhand was a little better, the volley was a little better, he can do some drop shots, then it's normal. Uh, Felix is young, he's, uh, he's very young, then in my opinion he has to, two years, in two, three years to improve uh, total his age.
Uh, finally, then, uh, obviously, you had so many years on tour with, with, with Rafa. I know you work with other players, obviously, back at the academy, but does it feel strange to be on tour working with a different player after all those years? Yes, for me, it's a little strange because uh, always when uh, I talk, uh, never I talk uh, of myself like a tennis coach. I was uh, a professor of tennis, you know, uh, because... I worked with Rafael the same when he was three, three years now. When he was six, seven, eight years old, then when he was here in the ATP tour, was the same rules, the same values, always. Uh, uh, I wanted in my life, I wanted always to prepare my nephew for the future. Never I thought in the, in the present. When, uh, I remember when he won the first uh, Spanish championship when he was 11 years old, he won. And what uh, I did, I, uh, I called to the Spanish Tennis Federation if it uh, were possible to send me the list of the last 25 tennis champions in the same age than Rafael. Then I read, the, in the, uh, they sent me the paper and I read these uh, names. And I said, good, do you know him? No, a Spanish champion like you, then this one we know, then we have the 25% of possibility to become, to become a, a good tennis player, no? This is our possibility. I did this when Rafael was 11. When he won the first Roland Garros, I did the same. And I said, before you, this one, this one won the first Roland Garros and they uh, finish only with one you have to decide where you want to be in the future or in this group that uh, won more or in this group that they only won one you decide all, all my life I did the same you decide where you want to be and uh, this is what, uh, what uh, I have in my mind uh, I don't think uh, in the present, never. For this reason, when I talk with him, with Felix, I told you have to think in the future. You have to think how you have to play in uh, two years, in three years. And we have to build this player. And you have to work hard. You have to know that what uh, you are looking for is very difficult. To be one of the best in the world is always difficult. But never to be afraid. Because I, I think we, you can uh, achieve the goals when uh, you are prepared, when you are willing to work hard every day. And this is what I have done all my life. Uh, just a quick one more, if I may, as well. Obviously, you said, Felix, not, not his strongest surface on clay, but obviously this is the start of the European clay swing, lots of tournaments coming up. What, what are his targets, do you think? What are your targets for him on this surface over the next couple of months? I, I have Felix... I think uh, Felix has a, a very good serve. Uh, it's true that on clay you have to to uh, make m more different serves. Then uh, he played really hard, but on clay we have to make different shots. And this is what uh, in this uh, month uh, he has to improve, in my opinion, he has. He, he needs to change a little more his game, but 
is the natural thing. Is is normal when you are young. You is impossible to know everything. Then when you want to work and you when you want to improve, then uh, this is uh, what uh, you have to do. Finally this week, a player whose expectations on clay might not be in the Nadal bracket, but who's nevertheless enjoying soaking up the atmosphere in Monte Carlo. Before his titanic three-hour first-round win over Frenchman Benoit Paire, Aussie Jordan Thompson spoke with Paul King. Yeah, it's not bad here at Monte Carlo, just uh, you know, watching a little bit of practice. Got the water in the background, it's uh, yeah, worse places to be. Now, listen, let's talk about your year to date. Started off uh, really strongly, didn't you, in that 250 in Melbourne, had a nice little run there. What, what have you thought of your own sort of game since then over the course of 21? Yeah, good start. Um, you know, hadn't played a match until um, until February because, um, you know, after Paris, um, went home, did my 14-day quarantine in a hotel room. I was um, felt like a sardine in my room. Um, got a good, got a, a good pre-season in, um, and then, yeah, started off with a, a quarterfinal at the 250 in Melbourne. And it was a bigger draw, so I played more matches than expected to get to a quarterfinal. But, um, yeah, it was a good start. And then, uh, unfortunately, uh, hurt my neck. And, um, yeah, it's been a little bit of a rocky road since then. How difficult is it then if you, when you sort of have any sort of injury and, you, and, you're, and you're coming back and trying to get into a sort of rhythm as much as, you know, like it's mental as much as physical, just trying to remember and getting into that winning feeling again? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, just in in Miami, got off um, got off the mark there again, and um, you know won my first round. And um, I played a match in Dubai before that, and you know wasn't feeling that good. I hadn't played, uh, hadn't obviously underdone. Um, my neck was giving me trouble. I hadn't practiced as much as I usually would have. And um, yeah, it was nice to get a win there. But then um, yeah, back to the drawing board again, and um, copped a pretty big. Uh, whack from Raonic but um, yeah hopefully start again on the clay and um, it'll be nice to uh, get a couple of wins. Yeah I wanted to ask you obviously you, you haven't played that much have you on this surface for a guy that's primarily sort of you know played on, on hard courts what, what is the sort of biggest challenge of trying to sort of adapt your game to this surface? Yeah uh, Aussie on clay <laughs> um, uh, I feel I feel like I'm well-rounded but probably it's not my best surface um, much prefer hard court and grass but um, you know, clay court season is such a big chunk of the year so um, yeah, I've been practicing um, you know, since Miami I've been practicing nearly every day on clay um, just trying to get used to it get um, the feel beneath my feet and you know, I won't know until I've started to play matches but um, yeah, hopefully uh, it'll be a longer clay court season than it usually is Just explain to, to the layman who, who might be listening who doesn't necessarily understand just why it is so different because I mean it's almost a, a different game that the movement and the way the ball moves is incredibly different isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's much slower um, balls can get heavy long rallies um, you know, it's tough to um, you know, to get to the net and you know, serve volley a bit because the courts are so slow so Someone like me who usually uses a lot of variety on a, on a faster court, slice, um, you know, get to the net, move forward. Um, luckily for me, I can slide on hard court, so moving on clay is not, not such an issue, but um, all round it's much different. It's just much more taxing on your body. Do you enjoy the challenge? Love the challenge. Um, always have since a little kid. Um, never shied away. Um, I believe that if you're going to take the court, you're going to step on the court, you'd believe that you should win otherwise there's no point going out there 
you break into the, the top 50 a couple of times, haven't you, over the last couple of years, but never quite able to make that, that sort of final step and really get up the, the rankings. What do you think you need to do to, to maybe sort of break into up that top 50 and stay up there as well? Yeah, um, consistency. Um, you know, when I'm first time I made um, top 50, uh, 2019, um, you know, I was making you know, a few more, a, f- a fair few more quarterfinals, um, a couple of semis, made a final, um, deep run in Miami, made the fourth round. So it's just consistency at that top level, and um, you know, improving on your results. So um, you know, rather than winning, uh, you know, one match, winning two matches at every tournament or three, um, yeah, it's just winning, winning matches at that top level. But consistency will get you there. Yeah, and I guess winning breeds more winning, doesn't it? It's, it's so mental, isn't it? Exactly. Um, you know, once you, um, yeah, on the grass um, in 2019, that's when I made the made the top 50 for the first time, and you know, only played um, two two fifties. Uh, only played two tournaments on the grass that year, and I made um, a final and a semi, both two fifties, and lost a tight you know, five set match to Kyrgios, and I was just I was feeling really good on the court. I felt like. Um, feeling really comfortable and I felt like I could just um, you know feel like I could beat anybody I guess that's the whole point isn't it when you're in the zone it's easy isn't it but it's just finding it again yeah exactly um, that's where consistency comes in um, you're just you're going out there day after day and just feeling good but yeah you've got to get to feeling good first and the other thing that a lot of people might not realize that it's not all that glamorous is it as well when you're sort of further down the rankings you sort of you know hearing you chat about you know the whole hotel room situation of course at your level yeah a little bit of a mix-up um you know i think hotel rooms here are astronomical um so it's going to room with my coach this week and got into my room only to find one king bed so um i guess we'll be building a pillow wall <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's good to know. One final question: Who's got the the best moustache on tour? Is it Jordan Thompson or Steve Johnson? Oh, a bit more of a beard though now, aren't you? Uh, yeah, but it's just laziness that'll go away, and obviously it's mine. <laughs> um, can't can't be saying Stevie. Um, no, but honestly, uh, Stevie's is a lot more fuller, I think. So uh, I'm happy to give it to him. Jordan, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for talking to us uh, on ATP Tennis Radio. Thank you. That is it for this week. Join us next weekend as we round up events in Monte Carlo and look further forward to the challenges that lie ahead in Barcelona and at the Masters 1000 level in Madrid and Rome. But before that, remember you can join us every day this week for live ball-by-ball radio commentary from the Rolex Monte Carlo Masters. You can find that ATP Tennis Radio coverage on atptour.com. Just follow the listen button at the top of the page or on tuning. I'm Seb Lozier. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the tennis.